0: This is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Well, good morning, everyone. Paul
1: Cochran here, Providence Advisors Group. We're here at Pellissippi and North Shore. Making finances easier, that's the name of our show. I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Garrett Crawford. Good morning, Garrett. Hey, Paul. How you doing? I just I can't complain about anything. So I have a, a trivia question for you. Okay. So um, you have a five-year-old. Uh, five-year-old son, and you also have a daughter, but for your five-year-old son, what is one of the favorite father-son things that you've been doing here in the last, oh, say, so far this year?
2: Uh, I'd say, you know, he's into a couple things, but I, th- I think I've mentioned in a previous episode, he's, he's thrown everything that's a ball, whether it's football or baseball, or uh, <laughs> we're into that phase. But he's also really into music, and... Uh, I, I grew up kind of in a musical household. My, my mom played flute, piano, she tried to teach me and I uh, tried it for a little while, learned you know quite a bit, but then just didn't maintain it and didn't pick up an instrument till much later on in my life in college. But I can tell, probably I don't know how much genetics plays into that, but I can say that my wife constantly has music. On in the house, Spotify probably loses money on my wife, and probably you too, Paul. Yeah. Uh, they they don't lose as much money on me uh, because Eva's just got music playing, maybe not twenty four seven, but maybe eighteen yeah. seven, uh, all all waking hours. Yeah. And so those kids of ours uh, are listening to music all the time, and my son in particular. You know, some kids like video games, some kids like other toys, whatever, but he has really gotten into Spotify. He likes grabbing our phone, clicking into Spotify, and even this morning before our show, I was uh, doing a little reading and preparing. And I was sitting there listening to a playlist I'd made, and all of a sudden, a uh, Dude Perfect song comes on. Uh, He he had got on my iPad at the house, overtaken it, and I'm logging in these days. He's only five, but he's created a whole playlist of music on his own, figured out how to do it because he has certain songs that he likes, and so I'm just... uh, you know listening to music i i got him a little uh i wouldn't call it a toy electric guitar but a small electric guitar for somebody his age and he's just having a blast with it so you know kids change he may not be that way forever but right now uh music is uh is a big interest of his that's great that's that's a lot of fun okay
1: so today we're going to hit on something uh that's really kind of near and dear to my heart and and you know one of the reasons it is is about 20 years ago, I was doing a, a seminar, uh, an educational little workshop. I think it was uh, over at Lakeside. I used a little room, a little back room they have there, a little plug for Lakeside. The good people over there, they've, they've taken good care of us through the years and kind of been a go-to place for lunches uh, for us. Uh, but uh, anyway, given this a little workshop, and it was, you know, pretty general. I was just walking through some, you know, basic things about investing, et cetera. And one guy said, "Well, my main question—I'd opened up for question. My main question is, you know, when should I file for Social Security?" And so I got this whole group of there packed room, and uh, and I knew enough to be dangerous because there there were a lot of variables. This was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. The laws have changed considerably since then. Um, but I basically said, you know, that that that's a really good question, and um, and and I can't address it right now. But there are quite a few variables that need to be considered. But it really uh, hit me that, uh, and again, this was 20 years ago, that I I really needed to bone up more on Social Security. So here, fast forward 20 years, and. Uh, you have really become an expert on Social Security and the answers that you don't know you know where to find them oh, yeah. and so that's really helped uh, our clients huge here over the last 10 years I mean big time and I when I think of the money that we have saved our clients just by helping them walk through that particular decision it's 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 pretty staggering and um, and by the way, if you have questions about Social Security, 865-770-5031, or you can look us up at makingfinanceseasier.com.
2: Hey, Paul, and even before we get started, I was yeah. going to say... Uh, w- I'll talk about it probably a little bit more later in the show, but we do these social security maximization reports If somebody's listening to the show and that would be something that they would be interested in doing. If you give us a call, uh, leave a message in your name and phone number, we'll, we'll make sure, uh, you know, for at least maybe five people that call in that we'll, we'll do an appointment and do a social security maximization report for them.
1: That's that's really generous. That's great, Garrett. because normally we would you know charge you know maybe 250 bucks for that or something so anyway so that's great uh in a social security maximization report basically it takes your data and it takes the information that that the irs knows about you uh, and we add to it what they don't know about you and we're able to come up with uh, actually four different uh little uh, data points number one. your your mathematical optimum time to file, number two, what it would be if you filed at the earliest possible age, number three, what it would be if you uh, filed at your full retirement age, and then the fourth, what it would be if you filed at the latest possible time. And uh, it's for you you and your spouse uh, together and taking into account those uh, survivorship benefits and, and everything else. So I guess one of my questions uh, for you, Garrett, regarding Social Security, is uh, the first question everybody always asks um, is, uh, uh, and a lot of times we see uh, you know fear play in to people just filing at sixty-two because they're saying hey, it's just not going to be here. And what should we do about yeah, that? Well, what do we do? I mean, it's just not going to be here, so I just got to get it because they're going to get rid of Social Security.
2: Uh, I guess I'd start with, I get it. I know why people say that. Uh, there's People say, well, you know, probably a little bit later in the show, but there's all kinds of rules with Social Security. And one thing I've learned is that Congress can change all the rules tomorrow if they want to. And so I can understand the the fear that people feel when they're getting close to retirement and they'd like to get as much money back that they've paid in over a lifetime. Uh, It it is kind of amazing the percentage of people's paychecks that go into Social Security and they just want to make sure that they get their fair share, share back. So I get that. One of the things that people are seeing in the headlines right now is uh, if, you, if you, I did it this morning just for kicks and typed in Social Security in Google. And then I looked at all the news articles that came up after you do that. And I'd say a third of them were related to the Social Security Trust Fund running out in yeah. 2033 or 2034, depending on who you listen to. Yeah. And uh, I did some reading this morning. I thought it was pretty interesting. And it was going back to the fact that. This, this isn't the first time that that's happened. Uh, back in 1983, I think Reagan was in, uh, was the current sitting president at the time, and Social Security Trust Fund reserves or their asset reserves, which I think is what they were talking, or what they called it back then, uh, were being depleted. And so they had to do something about Social Security. And uh, they waited uh, until the 11th hour to do anything about it and so here we are 10 years away from that 2033 trust fund depletion date and th- there's precedent that we'll talk a lot about it but it won't be until we get our backs up against the wall that something will happen and so uh, I-, I thought it was interesting enough that i went and looked up that 1983 uh legislation changes with Social Security just to see what they did back then to, you know, address it. And, you know, it was kind of interesting. One was that nobody's Social Security benefits dropped in value. Uh, The people that were expected to get $1,500 a month continued through those legislation changes to get every dollar that they paid into the program. They didn't cut their benefits. But as I was looking through the bullet, some of these things that I take for granted as being part of the Social Security system were – implemented during that 1983 legislation. It was the last time they did this. And uh, one of those was a big one for federal workers that were double dipping into Social Security. They were working a full career under federal g- government, getting a uh, FERS, federal employee pension. pension. And then they'd go back and work 10 or 15 years for a a, and a what they call a non-covered job under public-private uh, employers and get another social security benefit and Congress had a bipartisan process uh-uh can't do that anymore so they cut that so that was a way they saved money to keep paying benefits Uh, they also implemented you know probably the biggest issue that I interact with people with now that are pretty upset about it is taxation of social, of social security. security benefits right. up to 50 percent of social right. security benefits would be subject to taxes and then they also i'm just going to read this one it says revisions and social security tax rates accelerating schedule increases for employees and employers and they provided a tax credit that year to get things going but the idea was they increased taxes again there right uh, and so Oh, and then a couple more. this when they started doing the gradual increasing of full retirement age from 66 to 67. And so right now, if you were born in 1957, your full retirement age is 66 and 6 months. But your parents, they always talked about age 65 being the magic age that you filed. But Uh, That's something that they did in these 1983 legislation changes to protect the asset reserve was to push the full retirement age back. And so my full retirement age is 67. I bet before 2033, that might change. Uh, So you can see, I go into all that, Paul, saying that uh, the age 62, the fear of what's going to happen with the trust funds, people are thinking about that. They talk to me about it. There's precedent that... They will make changes to keep it going because so many people depend right. on Social Security. It really is a lifeline for so many people. Uh, it may not be your lifeline, and you may have other assets to, you know, fall back on and right. protect your living. Right. But for so many people, it is the uh, it is the core piece of their retirement and for them to let that lapse is uh would be a really bad thing well,
1: recently biden did his little uh announcement that he's going to be running again in and, and the little video in the little three minute video you know he you know basically alluded to the you know the mean old uh republicans who are gonna you know mess with your social security and um and so which, which kind of brings up another thought that yeah, I know, no, this isn't directly related to finances, although it affects our finances. And that is, I'm still kind of uh, mind blown that in a country as uh, kind of well off as ours, a country as great as ours, the two so far the two best guys we can come up with. To run this country are trump and biden that really just kind of freaks me out a little bit that's
2: all that's the best we got seriously i'll vote vote for you if you sign up (laughs) you know it's funny i I tell people if somebody asked me to be president run for it be like no i don't wouldn't want to touch that with
1: a long pole so so anyway i guess the the thing is um on the one hand uh it's this sacred cow that nobody wants to touch on the other hand it has to be addressed. It has to be addressed, uh, you know, through Congress where they would make adjustments to keep it solvent. But that being said, we feel pretty confident that when we help people plan, particularly if they're 62 or, you know, 58, 59, you know, 62, right right in here, we feel pretty confident that when we tell them when to file, it's it, – it, uh, the probability that that's going to work is very, very high because the changes are going to affect the younger people, generally speaking. Um, Would you say that's a safe? Yeah,
2: I'd say, uh, you know, even thinking about it this morning, I I think the the full retirement age where mine is 67, I think you're going to see a couple, one one large challenge with Social Security right now is the trust fund issue, but another one is that people are uh, living longer. And disproportionately the people that are living longer are the wealthier people. And we see that even in our practice, people that uh, that have more money and more access to health care, the higher social security benefits are living longer. And that only exacerbates an issue that social security has. When people are living into their 90s, I make a joke at my social security seminar, you've heard it a hundred times, Paul, but uh, back when social security was implemented, I think it was in 1935, it was for people that lived, um, you could sign up for Social Security benefits after 62, and the average life expectancy back then was 62. And so it was for people that outlived their life expectancy. And There's a little nuance there. Infant deaths were higher back then, so it probably brought down the life expectancy rate. But the point is Social Security wasn't designed to sustain a 25-, 30-year retirement. And so that's just an extra stressor on the system. But back to your 62 issue, we've seen stats that up to – 50% 50% of people file for social security benefits as soon as they can at age 62 and we aren't we aren't opposed to that but I'll say after talking to hundreds and hundreds of families it's very very rare for me to ever tell a married couple both to file for social security benefits at 62 and the circumstances in which I would tell a single person to file for 62 would usually be if there's a health issue at play or a really, really um, strong desire that they need to start that right away and there is no other alternative. So, that, so that high
1: percentage of people, that 50 percent, is uh, way out of whack. It's disproportionately out of whack, That whether it's fear or what whatever that's motivating them to file they really uh shouldn't be filing
2: yeah and you know some people just dislike their jobs and maybe single and you know don't have the health to keep working so they're kind of trapped into taking that at 62 but for people that have flexibility and other options we're usually not recommending them file at 62 in fact we're we're really emphasizing and advocating for a coordinated filing strategy if they're married or uh incorporating a divorce benefit if they've ever been married for longer than 10 minute,
1: ten years. And, and I think that's the key word. Uh, I like what, what you're saying is a, a coordinated uh, strategy. Um, so what does that mean? Well, it's actually taking into account the full picture, uh, what you have in your 401k, any other ancillary investments, savings, et cetera. Your, your age, your health, uh, what you're trying to accomplish, et cetera. Um, and by the way, if you, if you would like uh, to, to have a look at this, if, if you're, let's say if you're, if you're over 59 and you'd like to drill down into this, 865-770-5031, if you'll contact us, we'd be, we'll be glad to you know, walk you through some of this. I think you'd find it very helpful.
2: I was gonna jump in. Uh, I, uh, I I use Twitter, uh, not a, not a lot, but occasionally. And a lot of the people that I follow on Twitter are just other people like me, uh, financial planners across the country that I listen to, learn from. And it was interesting. I was uh, this person I've been following for years. Uh, she is a financial planner for mid-career tech people, so people in their 35s to 45-year-old, and it has been funny uh, hearing her kind of publicly espouse that she w- she's starting to want to learn more about Social Security benefits because some of her re- clients are starting to ask about retirement, and she's a smart person, but she has found out that Social Security is mind-blowingly complicated, yeah. and uh, it's been a probably about a week now that she has been talking about how how complicated this is and how she never knew in this person in the financial planning sure. space. I just never knew that this was such a complicated decision. Mm. and uh, we've been between me and my kids here uh, lately they're eight and five and so they're starting to understand uh, you know deeper things, I guess. and we had this saying I think I picked up from you, Paul, that everything is hard before it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for some of this stuff, I think I've done it for so long. That it feels easy to mm-hmm. me. It feels easy to listen to somebody and say, but here's an, what you need to do." But it it's an enigma for the rest of the. Votes. But every everything is hard before it's easy, mm-hmm. and so I think social security is like that. This whole
1: question about you know when when do I file and and uh, there's not a uh, a pat answer. Um, just because your neighbor filed at 62 or your neighbor filed at 70, um, with the filing strategies are all over the map, and we've seen this through the hundreds of these that we've done. No households are exactly the same; they vary a lot. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, the um, let's stick with a couple big picture things first, and big because we can we can talk about this more in some subsequent uh, little episodes. But big picture. Um, when you, you say that uh, what they'll probably do is affect the people that are younger, maybe postponing the age at which they can file for their full benefits, et cetera. But what would be, um, like big picture, some of the biggest misconceptions maybe that, that you think, you, that, that you generally hear if you overheard a conversation on on Social Security, what are some of the Uh, And we won't be able to probably answer all of these. We'll get to them maybe in other episodes. But what are some of the big misconceptions that that you feel like are necessary to explode for people to better understand this subject?
2: Yeah, and I I think this would be good for a follow-up episode to go into. But I think probably Social Security specific is just how survivor benefits work. Uh, the, The fact that a married couple... The one with the larger benefit is going to be maintained after the first spouse dies and the smaller benefit goes away. I think some people know that. Some people don't. But the impact on how that decides when you file is a big deal. So just how survivor benefits work. And then the other one is not to be thinking about Social Security in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. That a lot of people these days, they don't have the luxury maybe – to have a pension like maybe their grandparents did or their their mom or dad did for working 30, 40 years at a place, but instead they've had 401Ks where they've shoveled money into a retirement account. And so you kind of have these two assets. You have social security plus a 401K or a retirement account that you've been throwing money into your whole career. And that question of should I take social security first or should I take income from my investments first? A lot of times I think people default to, let me just take social security because I I, I gotta get as much out of that as I can and let my investments grow. And I'm gonna take a, a more tempered approach that depending on how a married couple's age differences tend to be, how many years between them, what their income goals are, how much they have in their 401k, I might recommend somebody, maybe the hiring spouse, to delay their Social Security benefits. Mm, mm. Let the younger spouse go ahead and take theirs. I don't care. Um, but then we'll use 401k assets to maybe supplement a Social Security filing strategy. So really there's a lot of nuance there.
1: Yeah. And it, it really does require um, putting you know a couple heads together to figure out what somebody's after, their age, their health, what they're trying to accomplish, their uh, other assets, Uh, whether they're taxable assets, non-taxable assets, uh, and and really looking at the big picture, that that process can actually save you from leaving money on the table unnecessarily.
2: And better protecting a spouse if you die earlier than you anticipate.
1: Well, that's good.
0: 865-770-5031. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational